Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Go for it. Go for it. You go. No, you go. <laughs> all right. So we are back. CA's birthday is over. It's true. I'm now an old lady. <laughs> I'm a whole it's, couple weeks older than the last time you guys heard me talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's funny what birthdays turn into when you're older. You're like, oh, let's I do know. something it's like. like... <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, let's just have a quiet night and nobody talk to me. I just want to take a <laughs> stroll through the garden and smell the roses. I'm dead serious. That's what I did on my birthday. I Uh went to a botanical garden because that is what brings me joy. That's what sparks joy for me. Right. If anyone knew CA, her and botanical gardens are like the, they're like bestie. She loves botanical gardens. It is. It's Um, like, it's like how, it's like I'm a battery and like that is like what recharges me or like, it's like I'm like being plugged into the battery charging station. I love Mm. that. Well, it sounds like you had a beautiful birthday. It was. (laughs) So today we're kind of doing something a little different. I know that you guys have been able to hear a little bit of our story. You know, every once in a while we'll give little anecdotes, but we just thought this would be kind of a cool opportunity to share a little bit about some of the stuff going on in the back scenes of the podcast. So we've been doing this for what, almost six months, maybe? I don't even know. And yeah, was it six, five months? (laughs) Yeah, about six months. We started in April or March? Yeah, April. So six months. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously evolved. And for the people who've stuck with us, it's been kind of us exploring different topics. A couple of the things you probably heard us say where we don't actually go more into depth. Um, Me and CA talked about this and we're like, why are we so hesitant to talk about some of the you know, deeper wounds or the deeper things we carry. Cause it's almost easy to talk about, not for everybody, but in our case, it's pretty easy to talk about like anxiety or like trauma processes, um, you know, and without all the details of the trauma, but we'll talk about like, you know, strategies and skills and, oh, this is how we've coped or, you know, a little bit of anecdotes about our life. But it's interesting because, you know, if you go back and listen through the episodes, there's just certain topics that we just don't elaborate on. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I looked at CA and I go, what if we just talk to them about that? Because this is a learning experience. It's a learning experience about showing up to our world authentically. It's also about doing that autonomously. Going back to the first episode, you guys hear us say this all the time, like, You don't have to explore parts of yourself that you're not ready to do yet. Like if you know that your brain hesitates anytime, like especially with our podcast, when we approach a topic and we go, "Mm, yeah, we'll talk about that later, right? Like there's a reason why, because for some people, and especially in my case, sometimes that's our brain saying, yeah, we don't have that one ready yet. We're not ready yet. (laughs) And so that is about self-honoring. That is about saying, you know, I am taking that seriously. I am listening to my deep intuitive self, the one that's navigating a lot of these new emotions and, you know, the new stressors. And so I do want you to hear this and this is going to not be so much of a skill one, but it is going to integrate like areas that we are challenging that maybe 
avoidance. And what I mean by that is not in a negative way. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak in my experience. I feel like there's this fine line between I'm avoiding a topic because I'm not ready and I'm avoiding it because other people aren't ready. Yes. Because other people aren't ready. Oh my God. I love you. Yes. Because other people aren't ready. And so that to all of our listeners is where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like every week when we start brainstorming, okay, like let's, let's figure out what we want to talk about this week. And like, we have like an ongoing place where we keep thoughts and ideas of topics we want to talk about. And like, occasionally like a few themes will come back through for us and we'll be like, Ooh, yeah, but you know, that's gonna, that's gonna touch on that. And da, 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 da. And we're like, okay, I think today we were like struggling so hard to like nail down what direction we wanted to go. And this is why we're going the direction we are right now is because we were like, why is this like straight up becoming a theme for us at this point? Like there are things that we are willing to explore I think that we're ready for it and we're just not like sure how to approach the potential for other people not being ready to receive it. And so I think the thing is like the reason we're talking about this, like kind of just like openly and like in a very sort of vulnerable way is so that you guys understand that like, we're real people too. And we also have real relationships with people in our lives that we are managing and navigating. And some of those relationships are meaningful to us. And like, we love these people and we're not out here to like make people uncomfortable and upset people. But at what point do you realize that like their emotions, their reactions to certain topics that we explore or talk about is like in their realm to manage on their own and not ours to like shield them from. Mm, Yes. Right. Because there is that line where we go, if I'm ready and I'm not sharing something about myself. So for example, this might be helpful for some folks to hear through an example. So for example, like if you were getting to the point where you're like super confident in your sexuality, okay? And you're saying, you know what? I feel okay. I will talk to people if they ask me and I tell them that, you know, I'm bisexual or I'm lesbian or whatever. And they ask me, I will tell them, right? But if for some reason, I mean, (laughs) the fact that we have a public forum is like, this is, this is where we get these opportunities where it's way more out in the open. But if for some reason you had the opportunity where you could speak to a very big group of people and you kind of solidify that idea, it's interesting because there's this inner dialogue where it's like, I'm ready. But when I share this out into the world, there's this hesitancy that other people aren't. And what CA just touched on was like, where is that line and where's the threshold of saying now I'm just not being respectful to my own authenticity. I'm not doing that for myself. I'm doing it for others. And when it's led by others, that's how we can kind of get stuck. We can say, no, no, no. I never get to tell that part of me. I never get to share that part of me. They're never going to be able to get to know. And we start hindering our expression. We do. We hinder the way we are fully showing up to this life. And that to me breaks my heart. I do want to give a caveat here, um, especially when it comes to sexuality. Like there are certain parts of our country. And if you're listening to this internationally, there are certain parts of the world that it actually isn't safe. And this is why when, you know, I just did a training on this, people are like, that's why code shifting exists. This is why people are like, no, I have to change the way I talk. It's not safe for me. I do want to say that caveat. And so I'm not shaming if someone changes a little bit of how they show up because of safety. But when we talk about intimate partnerships and we're talking about, let's say people who aren't threatening us, but they just aren't ready. Like they're just not emotionally there to kind of hear, you know, a major shift that went on. 
at some point we do have to have the conversation. Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for them? It was just tough. And I think we um, sort of like touched on that, like first half of this process in that one episode, we talked about kind of like, you know, you're like metamorphosis when you go through a change and you do have like your cocoon phase. And during that phase, like you might not be sharing everything out loud publicly. And that is the phase of I'm not ready, right? That like, I'm still conceptualizing this. I'm still integrating this. I'm not ready to open up and talk about this yet. But if you get through that stage and you are ready to open up and talk about it, then at that point, as we said, like, kind of like muzzling your own self for the sake of somebody else's comfort, it's only sustainable for so long. And eventually, like, something's going to crack. And you don't want to put yourself in that position of that kind of coming out in a more difficult way than it has to because you've allowed like pent up resentment to build up through these unspoken like restrictions like that were never really like it's sometimes it's explicit you know don't talk to me about your sexuality but like Lots of times it's not. Lots of times we literally create restrictions based on information that we know about this other person. Like, oh, well, like I know that they don't like that topic. So I just can't talk about it with them because I'm assuming and based on my previous experience with this person that they'll react in a certain way. So as you were saying, though, is like, where is that threshold? And like, where do we get to that point where we go, okay. I am acknowledging the dynamic that's going on here that like for a while now I've been avoiding this particular topic because I don't think this person is really in an emotional place or a mental place to be able to like truly like hear me like they're even if I start trying to talk about this with them regardless of how good our relationship is and how much they love us like there's parts of their worldview that are going to prohibit them from being able to like actually listen and just be present to the truth that I'm sharing with them. Like they're going to feel attacked or or uncomfortable in some way, regardless, like no matter how good a job I do of saying what I have to say, no matter how much love we have between us, like this topic itself is difficult enough that it is going to create some waves. And so it's almost like readying the boat for the waves. It's like, you got to know going into it, like, all right, I, I think, I think we're ready. Like we've, we've trained the crew, the, the, the craft is seaworthy. The, the sails are ready to be Whatever. I don't, I'm not a sailor, guys. I don't know. Why am I using this analogy? I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Whatever. The point is, like, you're going to have to, like, know going into this that, like, all right, we're about to kick the bee's nest a little bit, but we're ready. And that's, it's just, like, a tricky place to be. I just, I think what's interesting is it's that moment of growth And I mean, I feel like I could get chills right now, but it's that moment of growth that you know, once you step forward, there's no undoing. Like it's said, whatever you said was said. And like, you can't like, and I don't want to say you can't go back. So for example, let's say in sexuality, like if you announce to your family, like, Hey, I'm a lesbian. And then, you know, realizing like when you start having some, you know, you interact with men a little bit more, you're like, actually, you know, I'm bisexual. It's not like you can't go back like that. But I mean, like, there are glasses that are broken in people's minds where they're like, no, Jamie was straight. That's her mind. Like, that's who she is. Right. And so she has to be this. And so for some people in self-growth, when they say something that kind of, and this is the bravery of self-embodiment is that when you step into your own, when you step into your own convictions and you embody your own convictions, you're accepting that there are 
that there might be grief that comes along with it. There might be losses or there might be shifts in mentalities of who you are, who they thought you were or who they wanted you to be. Right. And so I don't want to negate that because when I think about where this hesitancy comes from, it's not just, oh, we want to be people pleasers and we just want to soothe our parents and soothe our best friends. And, you know, you know, we don't want to embarrass, you know, our siblings or something. It's like that idea of like you stepping into your own is like, take, I don't want to say take the good with the bad, but like you have to accept that like that does create a massive shift in the foundation of what people perceived you to be, right? And so we have, we do, we kind of have to lean back and say, do I want to shift that found like do I want to create that shift and do I want to create that moment or do I want it to remain neutral like for some and I don't want to like sit here and demonize one or the other because like for some like CA said when we're on our self-growth journey we might have to stay in that like I have to keep it neutral I don't want to solidify anything I don't want to step forward and there's a lot of validity and healing in that moment where you're just doing this yourself you're saying you know I'm just exploring this lifestyle or I'm exploring this like let's say you know you're getting into something that's like question like you know like the spiritual community like I'm I'm exploring like tarot cards or like and you might not be like I'm going to become this like spiritual guru like you're just testing some kind of variation of something and because you don't have a very firm understanding of that part of your life you might not say hey everybody you know this is what I am now right and that's valid I just want to like validate that for you it's when you start really, really like embodying that identity, like whatever it is. I know we were using sexuality, but for example, like for people, sometimes this is changes of belief systems. This is changes of, you know, your conceptualization of. Even just like the trajectory of your life. I know people who have like you grew up in a lawyer's family and your whole life you're being groomed to become a lawyer and that's what's going to happen. That's the track you're on. You get sent to the fancy private school because that's what's going to get you into the good law school and And like you're on that trajectory. And like even in systems like that, it can be really difficult for you to self-explore and realize that like no part of you wants to be a lawyer and like trying to figure out how to like come out to your family with that truth is very difficult, especially if in a lot of cases like that, you don't even have a solid idea of what you would rather do. You just know that you don't want to do that. And then that's what's very difficult is you're like, well, I can't even say this to them because like, then they're going to be like, well, what else are you going to do that's more valuable or at least as valuable? And if you don't have a perfect answer for that, you're going to be like, well, then I might as well not tell them. I might as well not say anything. But the problem is time keeps ticking along. And the longer you go ticking along on the status quo path, that's going to lead to you becoming a lawyer before you know it, like some, like your life is happening and it's either going to happen to you or you are going to happen to your life and you're going to show up to your life and, and do it authentically. And I'm not trying to be one of these internet gurus where I'm going to sit here and say any of this is easy. It's not like it's, it's incredibly difficult to sit there and try to understand, like, how do I tell my family that this is not my identity, even as I still am conceptualizing the alternative identity? Like, I don't know what I want to do or be yet, but I just know that that's not it. And that's tricky. And that's something I know a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, this is where I think if you think of where this wide lens thematic approach would be stemming from, and this is why I think Sienna wanted to talk about this is, I mean, I know a lot of this is like from generational expectations, like things that have been like instilled upon my parents and their parents and the the way families are and how we act and how we integrate and how we have to kind of fall in line. And honestly, becoming an individual in family systems that really feel like your individual self is a threat, 
that's where this stuff comes in. The more you stand up and say, hey, um, everyone expects me to be this and I'm not. And I'm actually not, I don't feel bad about that. I'm actually living my truth and I'm just going to be who this, who I am. It's incredibly hard for family systems that are very much like integrate, kind of like if you go back to the enmeshment episode, like it feels like the family feels like that's a violation, right? And so I was going to give you the flip end, CA, when you were talking about the lawyers. I also think about like families that they never had like a lot of wealth, right? And so they were raised in like a specific socioeconomic status. And so we have one kid that is like hitting, like getting all these scholarships or whatever. And like the family kind of gangs up on them and says, who do you think you are? Like, who do, you, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're better than us, right? And at that point, it's like, you can choose to be part of the family system and be like, okay, you're right. I'm just going to stay home and like work at the store and whatever. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of stay in the fold and I'm going to do my own thing. Versus if the kid was like, I love you. And like, I'm obviously not feeling aligned with like how we are. So like, I I am going to take this opportunity. Right. And if the family sees it on the other end, like where we think of like the ultimate family, that's like, everyone's like super, super successful. But the other side where the family's like, Hey, we're just living really humbly. Like, how dare you buy your own house or something? It's like both ends of the coin are like trying to subvert your own individualization. And that's what I mean by like, these are trauma narratives. These are narratives that say we have to stay in this circuit. We have to stay in line. And if you step out of line, you're going to have implications, right? And so I think this is where me and CA are at. And I mean, I can shed some themes for you guys. Like, it's not like I have to keep everything in the dark, but like, I know that one of the hardest themes for me is like some of our well, I shouldn't say R. I'm going to say it for me. I'm going to say the I statements, some of like my religious trauma stuff. I spoke to it in the past, but I do think it's coming up to a time where I think we are going to share to some degree, whether or not CA, you know, doesn't need to share her personal stories. But like, I think it's possibly time for us to open up that dialogue. And here's the tricky part. Here's the platform part. Here's the, you know, even though we talked about family systems, this is a collective cultural system, right? Where when I speak on that, I know I'm going to step on toes. I know that people who are listening to this that have a very deep devotion to wherever I'm talking about, that might be really hard for them to hear. And I might, we might lose listeners. And that's what's the irony of how this parallels a family system is that, when I actually show up to you guys with this like authentic part of my story, if some of you don't agree and like you're allowed to not agree, there might be implications to me sharing that. And so I have to wrestle with this idea of like, do I share that with you guys in a way to kind of like deepen that like authenticity of myself and where's the line? Where's the line? Am I doing it for, am I doing it for you guys to protect you from not like for, for, for protection of like, Oh, you know, I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't want you to think that I'm like, I wanted you to think that I was neutral, right? Like think about like C and I both do content creation. I always think it's interesting that the most popular creators, and this is usually actually, this is probably more of a nineties, early, early aughts thing, but like, all of our role models never had a political stance. And I know right. that a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners are in our age range. So, you know, let's just throw it out there. The 25 and ups, okay? Like a lot of our role models did not have political stances. They did not go march in those crowds. They did not do any type of like political advocacy. They didn't share their opinions. And there was a reason for that was because most PR agencies and most entertainment agencies are going to say, you will lose the people that have idolized you as a neutral person. They want you to stay neutral. They don't want you to have opinion on this, 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 or this. Because if you do, someone's going to have an opposite opinion. And that's where I think 
that cultural shift has started where they said, no, I want the people who listen to that pod, this podcast to either be able to hear something that might not be aligned with them. Like, I would love that if you don't align with me, but you can hear me. I would love that. That's such a growth moment, right? And if you're not ready and you don't want to listen anymore, that's also your autonomy. That's also your choice. It's just that if I stay hindered in my truth, then I'm not really like speaking to the people that might need to hear my story. And that's what I was going to say next is like, for the amount of people that are out there that like might not want to hear what we have to say about a particular topic, I know that there's people out there that need to hear it. That like this is a part of their healing journey that is very poignant to them and, and extremely significant. And they also need voices speaking to their truth. So like, while there might be people that are like, oh, I don't understand this, or this is not really my thing. I know that there's people out there that need to hear some of the topics that we've been avoiding. And so it's like, what do you do? You know, eventually it's gonna, yeah, it gets to a point where you go, okay, well, if if I know how to talk about this, if this is something that I have value to share about, and there's people out there that need to hear about it, then like dancing around it forever eventually becomes a disservice to those folks as well as ourselves. And so eventually you do get to that point of like, okay, well, we have to push come to shove. And one of the other themes that was popping up for me as you were just talking a minute ago was kind of like where um, perfectionism almost sort of can come in here with this and preservation, like with the social media thing, like you were saying about how like we try to stay neutral on things that are controversial to preserve, you know, our social safety on social media or in our relationships, in our lives. And that is valid. And that is a very valid, like, motivator for why a lot of people do choose neutrality or avoidance. But I think the other thing that, like, plays into that is that, like, why I brought up the word perfectionism is, like, why are we a society? And this is this is a question, guys. Just I'm I'm asking. Just listen to this question and like you give me an answer if you have it because I don't have it. Like, why do we as a society not have more tolerance for people's mistakes while they're exploring a topic? Like, it's literally like if you showed up with a thought or an idea. And it wasn't perfect. You literally gonna get like railed about it, you know? Like you're tied to the whipping post. Like it's it's gonna be like the end of the world. Like if you said a thought that wasn't fully conceptualized, and then like you realize like oh no, like that was just like I was just kind of playing it through my head. Like I don't know, I was just like processing. And then I, why don't we have more room for exploration, like exploratory conversations? It's almost what we're doing right now. This is kind of like an exploratory, like real time exploration of a topic. This doesn't happen in society, on social media, hardly anywhere. Like you're not allowed to just like casually explore a topic. It's like you're everyone's expected to show up with like the perfect answers, the perfect solutions, the perfect conceptualizations. And like, even with the sexuality thing you were saying, like if, if somebody were to show up and say, Hey, I think I'm gay. And then like through years of exploration, they come out and they realize, Oh no, I'm actually bisexual. It's like, I feel like maybe there's a little bit more wiggle room with something like that. But like, for example, with something like, but even that sometimes people are like, what are you talking about? No, you can't do that. Like, why do people have opinions about people's personal journeys? If I'm exploring spirituality and I just say like, Hey, I'm exploring this particular faith or this particular philosophy. Okay. Tell me the four pillars. Yeah. Like tell me. Tell yeah, me all the, yeah. Yeah. Then all tell of a sudden I'm held like, to this perfect standard of, well, then what about this? And what about this? And what, and I'm like, I, I literally don't know. Like I just told you that I'm like looking into it and, I, and I'm exploring. Yeah. But how are they going to fulfill this part of your life? And how are they going to answer this question? And I don't know. Like, and aren't I a person with a personal journey? Like, aren't I allowed to just like ask questions? And like, what if today I say, hey, you know what? Like this 
this spiritual system like really resonates with me. And then five years later, I continued my exploration journey. And now I'm kind of like shifted into something else. And I go, yeah, no, I have shifted. Like, is somebody gonna be mad that like, I am not Buddhist anymore? Like, you know, like, why? Why do we hold people to these like, ultimate, like, this is like who you are, and you're only allowed to be like this. And if you say something, you better mean it. And if you say something, it better be perfect. And if you say something, we're going to hold you to that forever. And that to me is like a frustrating piece of like public social life. And it happens in our real social life as well. But I feel like to such a magnified degree, this happens (laughs) when you have a platform of any kind, whether it's a podcast or YouTube or social media, like you are literally held to this place of this is who you are and you're not allowed to shift your identity. And that's, it's like, puts us all in a rock and a hard place. Well, I think it, when you were speaking and you're like, well, I mean, I don't know if this is the answer, but I definitely heard themes of like all or nothing. Like you're either this or that. And this is where I think, I mean, I know we're using the example of sexuality, but like, this is where blended experiences, things that don't, necessarily fit into a category absolutely activate the people that were trained by whatever system it could be a political system it could be a religious system it could just be the cultural system right look at look at us like as like if I took out all of that we were all trained to say you had to go to school from seven to three like the the audacity if you started to do schooling in a new way and you're just like you're 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 an anarchist like you know what I mean it's like we get taught like there's these rigid conceptualizations of truth when in reality there's so many different um and this is where it it absolutely I, I mean it does it triggers people when I tell someone like there can be something that makes so much sense to one person's brain, like a neurotypical brain and a neurodivergent brain, their truth of how they learn absolutely like isn't fixed in one way or another. And that like messes with people because they're like, no, we figured it out. Like it's K through 12, you know, seven to three every single day. That's how kids learn. Get them in a desk and get them, get them, you know, through school. Okay. If I said that though, if that's the truth, right? It's too complicated to add in these like nuances, like, hey, actually, there's certain people that learn really well with visuals. There's certain people that learn with tactiles. There's certain people that don't test well, but they're phenomenal like learners. There's certain people that test really well, but they don't really retain things. Like, actually, education is very complex. So, like, you telling, you know, this huge, like, the entire country that education looks one way, I hate to tell you that it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's why when you're like, why do people get so activated when like, you know, you come out and say, hey, I tried homeschooling, but maybe, you know, maybe it's not that maybe I'm going to go back to the traditional whatever. Okay, well, then they're like, oh, okay. so see, you came around, you figured out that like, you did the wrong thing, right? It's like, oh, see, you can't make up your mind. And you're like, no, I'm actually exploring the truth of what it is to this human being. So for me, I'm exploring my truth. I'm exploring where I need to be. And that makes people uncomfortable because they want you to fit into a box. They want you to say, you just got to pick one way or the other. You just got to literally be all or nothing. You have to be one way or the other. So this is why we brought up the idea of religion. If CA is exploring a new religious ideology and you know, not ironically, but God forbid, you know, goes back to the original ideology that she thought she didn't believe. What did those believers say? Oh, you came back to your senses. Oh, you came back around. When in reality, we don't have any right over her autonomy. If she explored and then went back to a specific, you know, ideology with a new conceptualization, that's her truth. It's not, we don't get to impose why she came back. We, right. We don't get to impose like, oh, see, you said you were going to be vegetarian, but now you're back on the meat eater side. See, you came to your senses. And it's like, we don't know why. 
And we don't get to say why, right? And so we want people to fit into these boxes. And this is what I mean by like, when we have the audacity to show up and say, hey, in case you're wondering, like, you conceptualize CA as a certain type of person or me as a certain type of person. And like, I don't fit into that box. Like you have every right to like, you know, maybe be a little upset or maybe be a little like, "Mm, I didn't think that's how you were. And that you can feel upset. It's just that like, as humans that are fully trying to like explore self-exploration and like really be who we want to become, like we're truly aiming for something greater. If I get tethered to your conceptualization of who you want me to be, that's where I limit my growth. I literally tether myself down. I think a lot of this really speaks to how we collectively, socially relate to one another in the sense of like group dynamics and group think and group identity. And okay, so like we became friends because of this particular shared identity. That's why we're friends, right? We're friends because we both love Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'm thinking about like middle school, right? Because this is very, right. this is very middle school. Like this is actually like that era of social emotional development. I think is where like a lot of people actually genuinely got stuck. Um, is this like stage of development where like group identity is everything, and that's where you find your safety, and that's a natural, normal part of the human experience is to like feel like you're part of the group and feel part of the collective, like. We should, like, we're social human beings. Like, you shouldn't be completely isolated. And so, like, it is healthy to feel a sense of community, right? Like, we're not, it's not all or nothing. There is value in that. And that shouldn't have ever been the end of the story. But I think a lot of people get stuck there, which is like, oh, we can only be friends if we share this identity, if we share this shared interest, if we share this shared worldview or perspective or whatever. Now, the thing is, this is like almost the crux of it. This is like, can we as individuals and as a society learn to continue relating to one another and building community with each other based on Something that is shared amongst us as humans that is so transcendent of these little identifiers or shared interests or or whatever it is. So like, can we as humans hold space for one another and love one another and really interact with one another based on something that is deeper or higher than whatever is on the surface. There's going to be caveats to that. I can hear it already. I hear all of your voices. Trust me. I'm not saying that there's space for like racism and fascism and like, like evil, like oppressive thought systems. That's that we're okay. We're not going to take it to that level. What we're saying is like, is there space that we can allow for one another to explore things, to have a different lived experience, to, say one thing today and be exploring and and discover that it was actually something else tomorrow. And then 10 days later, it's something else again. Like, can we allow for the evolution of an individual to take place in our presence without us feeling ownership over a particular pinpointed part of that person's identity? Okay, well, that's who you were when I became friends with you. So I don't know how to stay friends with you if you don't stay like that. It's literally like we feel ownership over that person's identity. And that I think is something that's the skill to explore as individuals and collectively as a society is like, can we release that feeling of ownership over each other? And can we allow individuals to really just be individuals on a journey and not hold them? Not only should we not be holding other people to like our standards, but like to even give them the freedom to change their own standards over time. Right. Which is very difficult because that means that 
if I can't keep you in a box, there's no way I can predict your permanence in my life. Think about that for a second. Right. Because if I sit there and I say, Backstreet Boys forever, and that's where I anchored our value. I know this is so dumb, but like, like that's where we anchored our value. <laughs> like we said, that's our bond. Every time I go and, you know, like back in the day, the CDs, I went to the CD release and we went to the concert and like, that's who I did that with. And now I found out that like, you don't care. Like, who am I supposed to go with? Right. And so it's like, it's like that you're anchoring the like, the permanence of the relationship around almost like a transient factor, right? And so what CA I think is trying to go to is like, what if that factor wasn't something as transient as a music choice or whether or not you eat meat? Like, what if it was like, our value was deeper, right? Like it was a deeper value system that didn't really get shaken when someone changed their preference in music. And so I actually wanted to, I wanted to touch on this point where it goes, well, what's the alternative? So I was thinking about the Backstreet Boys thing and I go, what's the alternative if I do not show up in my truth? Okay. So you're the Backstreet Boys fan. That's where we anchored our friendship in this. We're the diehard thing. And you know, it's been a couple of years and I stopped listening to them and I don't care. And, you know, you invite me over and you sit there and you are like, all right, let's just sit here for an hour and listen to the whole album. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Like, yeah, like I love it. Right. And I'm doing this. Like if you're watching, I'm kind of like doing this, like, you know, flippantly, but that's not me showing up authentically. Right. I'm, I'm literally lying now. And I, I know I can't say it like, you're lying as this like vindictive lie, but you're truly not showing up anymore with your truth, right? It's this omission of your authenticity. It's an omission of your truth, okay? And so now what's happening? You're fostering persona, like a persona that no longer is yourself. You are fostering that in the other person. And that person is going, yep, she's still a Backstreet Boys fan. She's still exactly who I want her to be. She's still, this is still our, our stabilized friendship. When in the back of your mind, you're sitting there like, I don't know how long I can keep this up for. Okay, so think about, let's say now it's not Backstreet Boys. Now it's your sexuality. Now it's your religious choices. Now it's who you love, who you marry, who you don't marry. You know, now it's your expectations of if you're going to be like a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or something. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, all of my friends are stay-at-home moms. I can't tell them I'm going back to work because they'll all hate me. They'll all think that I like judge them for staying at home. Right. So I just have to pretend and I'm just going to, just going to not really tell them about my freelancing job. And I'm, I'm just going to show up to the mommy groups and do my best to try to say that that's who I am. And it's like, what are we doing? Because now we are just showing up to our lived reality with these like fake interactions. And I, I'm guilty of this. I swear to God, like when I was doing some of these massive transitions, I was like, ooh, it's a little too inconvenient to tell them about this shift. So I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to let them think whatever they want to think. And like, I don't want to demonize that. I don't want you guys to be like, oh, she's calling me a liar. Like, it isn't really your truth. But sometimes we're in that space. Sometimes we're in the space where we don't have the tools yet. We don't have the strategy to conversate with that person that thinks we're this person. We They think they're, we're this religiously devout person that we no longer are. Right. And we do this if I, if, you know, if we go bare, bare bones, how many times have we done this with our grandparents when we were younger? Grandparents think we're blah, 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 like this little thing, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, grandma, like it's, you still like the Care Bears? Uh, sure. You know, and you're <laughs> like, like you tried so hard to be this person that they were like, are you still doing this? And you're like, yeah, grandma, you know, but like you don't want to tell them the full story because if you did, you're going to break their little heart. Right. And that's where like we do this in like layers, right? Those are small interactions. But then when I ask you to think about this in a big way, in core parts of our identity, this is where, because anytime we talk about identity, and I don't want you to guys to misunderstand this. I don't, when I say identity, I'm not always talking about sexual identity. I'm talking about who 
we are, what makes us who we are, how show how we show up to this world, how we, you know, express and like develop into who we actually are. Okay. That's what I mean by identity. Anytime we are thwarting our identity or curbing it or shifting it or showing up in like a slight way that doesn't feel true, that, that incident, those like small incidents are like little pieces of like complex trauma. They're little pieces of us being like, I don't get to be who I really like want to become. I don't get to be that person. And why I always tell people, like when you start linking identity disruptions and identity shifts or identity perceptions, okay, that's where we do need to take this seriously. And that's why I think I brought this up to you guys today, because it's like, at what point, I'm not saying I'm getting like traumatized every time I don't do it, but it's like, at what point am I not honoring my own growth now. I'm like actually leaning into these old narratives of like, I have to protect others. I have to do, I have to be other things to other people. Like I have to keep that persona up. Right. And that is actually kind of a violation of myself. Right. It's It's literally like us calling ourselves. We're literally like a self-growth authenticity podcast. And we're like, avoiding authentic parts of what we want to share about because we're like, but people will be sad and mad. And I'm like, wait, maybe we need to call ourselves out here on this one a little bit. Like, are we going to walk the walk? Are we going to talk the talk? Or we have talked the talk about these harder things. And then it's like, are we going to walk the walk? Like literally right here on this platform. Is there a space for us to push ourselves through a tricky phase of our growth. Yeah. It's ooh, it's it's like a lot and and it's hard because this is like you said these are some of these topics are ones that literal people that like are in our lives that we love might hear us talking about things that are, it's going to create an actual shift in our real life relationships. <laughs> so right. like, that's the thing with like these public platforms is you're like, okay, like, and even if we've had like preliminary conversations about some of these things with those particular people, it's not like we're going in like totally blind, like they don't know any of this, but like, maybe some of the ways that we need to actually speak about it in the context of mental health and self-growth, which is what we do here in this podcast, some of the things that we need to explore for the sake of our listeners are not things that I have had those actual individual conversations yet with. And when those topics are listened to potentially by those folks, they're going to be like, whoa, I don't think I can listen to this. And, you know, okay, but here's, here's my two cents. And I think you brought this up off podcast before. So, and this is something for the listeners to think about, because remember, we're challenging you to kind of conceptualize this in your own life. Obviously, we're speaking from a first person here, but you brought this up at one point where you were like, at what point do I owe individual conversations about this? And who Mm -hmm. is owed an individual conversation about these things? Like, so, you know, we brought up a couple different experiences, but like, if we're talking about having this major shift in our religious ideology, do we go talk to every Tom, Dick and Harry about, Hey, just in case you're wondering, update, you know, like, here you go. Like, do we have to do that? Or at what point do we need to kind of look at it as, there might be a couple of core people that I would want to express this to. And other than that, let the chips fall as they may, you know, does, does that, I don't know. And that's where we, that we is do part rest. of it. I think, I think that's part of it is like, that's what I mean is like, I wouldn't like literally like come out on something that's like very like identity shifting publicly before having that individual conversation with those like core relationships with people that like, I feel like need to know that. But I think this is where, 
this is where like the rub is. The rub is here, Jamie. <laughs> so when we have those conversations with those individuals, we want to be able to show up authentically to them. So we want them to know about these parts of ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. And we also are holding space for the fact that they don't share that shift. They are still in that other ideology or whatever it is. And so, and I'm not trying to impose on them. So like, that's fine. Like, I'm not asking you to change your view on this just because my view has changed. So like, I'm not here to convince you or like evangelize you in some way. Like, I'm literally just trying to tell you that like, this is who I am. This is what I think, blah, blah, blah. And then like, in continuing a healthy dynamic of a relationship with that person, there are this new understanding and these new boundaries of like, okay, well, like, we can hold space for our differing beliefs. And like, I won't push past your boundaries, you won't push past mine, we're not sitting here trying to get into semantics, like argument every single time we talk, like, it's okay, like, we just kind of live and let live about this particular topic. Whereas like, so like that, it's not necessary almost to a point like to explore some of the like deep detailed experiences of like the emotional and mental effects of this thing with that person. Like I don't have to do that work with them because they're not asking for it. I don't need that from them and they're not, I'm not trying to shift their beliefs or whatever, but this is part of like what has gone on like in my journey with this topic. And I know that there are other folks out there and this is where the difference is between my individual relationships and then like my public platform here where like there are parts of my story that I have learned and I have grown and I would like to be able to share that knowledge and growth with the people that need to hear it. And that might not include some of these other folks. And so I'm like, well, that's, I think that's where it comes down to is because right. it's like, I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, I'm going to say things that are like so horrible that like, I, I better like warn people and like give like a parental advisory warning. I'm just saying that like, there are ways to explore these topics. And there's like, you, you, you ask yourself, who do I need to explore to that depth with? And some people you don't have to explore to a certain depth, but like, you do want to be able to explore to that depth with other types of people. Yeah. And I think what you're speaking to is at what point is it just informing and what we're doing here is not, we're not just in, we're not just be like, Hey, you guys want to know like facts about our lives? No, we're like sharing it because like wherever we go from here, like we're sharing parts of our lives and some of the wounds that we have, you know, and this would be, you know, this is stuff we're heading toward in the future with the podcast. We're sharing some of these topics because there's so much depth and pain that we lived that we would want to share some of like the very hard things that happen when you deconstruct or when you reevaluate your identity because both CA and I, and this is the thing, I'm sure you guys have caught this, both CA and I have gone through a very radical shift in how we self-conceptualize and how we have identified and showed up into this world. And because of that, we've had some of these hardships. We've ran into some of these issues. And I think both of us are getting more and more secure in speaking with it in a way that it's not like spiraling out of control and we feel like we don't have a grasp on it. We both have kind of sat with it long enough that I do think we can share these things with you guys It's just that when me and CA sat down, we were like, oh, I think the reason why we're not isn't anything to do with us. I actually think it has a lot to do with some of the very close dynamics that are very, very ingrained. You got to remember some of our history, the people that we came from, they're still very ingrained and deep, deep in some of these other ideologies that we no longer hold. And so where that becomes hard for us personally is we sit there and we go, where is the line? Do we just inform, hey, I'm no longer this, or I am this, or I blink and blink changed on this, right? Do we inform? And that's okay. You can inform, but here's the trick because, I mean, you guys have already gotten this context. A lot of, some of this is religious stuff. We both were trained to have to justify our belief systems 
we were raised in that ideology where when you held a firm belief, you had to go fight tooth and nail and justify every single aspect of that belief system. So when we share some of these things, it actually is a skill set to realize that that isn't actually healthy for some people to have. So for example, if I said, you know, hey, um, I'm trying to think of something neutral, like, let me do the meat thing again. You know, my family's meat eaters. Hey, I'm no longer eating meat. Okay. It is an entire skill set to not have to go through a complete justification on why you no longer eat meat. Why is that an entire skill set? Because Meat eaters, believe me, me and CA both had variations of this in our life. Actually, these are real stories. We had to always justify. They were like, all right, tell me all the reasons. Give me your top 10 reasons on why you're doing that. Ironically, now through self-growth, we can proclaim something that's honestly an antithesis to our environment. And we realize it's not about justification. If they want to really understand through the lens of education, they'll listen to our podcast ironically, that's where we're at right now. If you want to learn the implications and the uh, the intricacies behind some of these decisions through education, remember, not deprecation, not accusation, not I'm trying to find your weakness. I'm trying to find your vulnerability. I'm trying to find your fail point. I just want to educate myself. Well, then listen to my podcast. Seriously, because if I just inform you, hey, I'm no longer this. And I start justifying all these things. I'm talking to someone that isn't in a space to hear that, right? And when they do become in a space to hear that, they can listen through an educational lens. That's it. And that's for anything. That's for if someone's talking about coming out in their sexuality, if someone's talking about leaving, you know, or making a different decision in life. If the people that really care about you want to actually educate, hey, why? What what is it about being a lawyer that doesn't make sense to you? I do actually want to know. I want to know, like, you know, we all really resonate with this profession. I'm just curious. Can you walk me through? Can you help me understand some of this? Like, I want to be with you in this journey. Okay, that's very different than give me all the reasons why you don't think this is good enough. And tell me, tell me why you think you're better than us to go outside, right? That's a totally different approach. And that's where I think we're at personally. So I'm, 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 I'm excited. I don't know which topics we're going to hit first with you guys. There's a couple of things going on in our personal lives that are wild and very new and formative, but like, I think there's a couple of things that we can open up. And I mean, I know I'm giving you the teaser here, but I do think the next thing is probably going to be the religious stuff guys. So I'm, I'm actually excited. And yeah, if I'm being honest, I do have some fear because, you know, I'm not going to cry here, but like there will be changes and there will be shifts of perceptions and there'll be people that might not want to be as close as they thought they were to me. And here we go. This is the reality of self-growth. I, I do have to understand that. And that is a grief process for me. And it's worth it on the other side. It's worth it on the other side to be showing up in my full truth. I think that really is the crux of what this episode comes down to is we really wanted to just kind of sit with you guys in like a super real way and show you like literally like how much we're doing this work side by side with you. To the point of like, we're going to publicly like have an entire episode where we're going to explore this struggle that we have, you know, it's we we don't sit from this place of like, oh, we're on a high horse, we know everything just, you know, make us our your gurus like it's not that at all. It's like, we have a lot of education and skills that we've obtained throughout, you know, our journeys. And like, even the skills that we're talking about right now, we can be like really great at applying them to a lot of other areas of our lives and still struggle to apply those literal exact same skills to another area of our life. That's what we wanted you to see that like, I want you guys to literally see what a self-growth journey looks like. This is what it looks like. It looks like I literally have all of these skills 
and I apply them very well in this area and that area and this area. But I struggle to apply that exact skill set to this other area. Even though I know how to, I still struggle because of trauma and defaults and fears and reasons. I'm right there with you guys. And so we we wanted to kind of use this episode to just kind of get real with you guys and show you that we are going to be, you know, pushing ourselves through a phase of growth right here with you. And um, we hope that you'll enjoy, you know, what's coming. Yeah. So we appreciate you and we're learning together. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollect itself and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work